Welcome again to another edition of Beckett Radio. I'm your host, Derek Ficken. Alongside myself, to the right, is not Justin Gruner. We have a special guest host, because Justin is out today sick. Mr. Andy Broom, what's up, man? Howdy. We got Brian Gray coming on, so this is this is going to be a big show. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm just running around, you know, like all hopped up on Mountain Dew, whatever that, <laughs> you know, that quote is. Yeah, I'm excited. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm always excited to be here. Uh, there's not much news happening uh, around the industry lately uh, this past week. Topps Archives came out, and uh, that's going to feature a bunch of the major league uh, movie characters from the uh, the greatest movie of all time, arguably. Um, and, you know, I was talking to Chris Olds about that. Some of those autographs are selling like hotcakes already. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, that's something that's been long overdue. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So let's quickly go over with the new products and pricing. I'm, I'm a rookie at this because Justin always does it. So I feel like I'm going to mess up. I'm getting really nervous here. So here Don't goes, look at me. Yeah, here goes nothing. So new products are coming out this week. We got quite a few. So yesterday on Wednesday, we had Leaf Valiant Football, Panini Signatures Basketball, SP Game Use Golf, Panini Rookie Anthology Hockey, and Topps Archives Baseball. Leaf Best of Basketball coming out, Leaf Ironman Baseball, and let's see, we have Topps Pro Debut Baseball, Panini Contenders Hockey, Ultimate Collection Hockey, and Topps Tier 1 Baseball. So this next week is going to be pretty packed with new products. Yeah, sounds like it. I, I think the biggest one out of all of these is the Topps Archives, which we kind of just talked about. Definitely. That's got to be the biggest hit right now. Another product that I'm looking forward to uh, is Leaf Valiant. I think, and, and this isn't because Brian Gray is coming on the show later, <laughs> the, the product and the sell sheet that I've, I, I have at my desk, I've been looking at the designs of the cards, and I love what they do with it. Uh, it it's just, you know, Valiant. You think of uh, Majestic. You think of, uh, I don't know why, but I think of Army. You know, I think of, like, you know, a sight scope on, on a gun or, <laughs> you know, something. And there, there's some really cool designs uh, that I see on that sell sheet that makes me want to be like, you know what, that that might be cool to get. And on top of that, you know, with the NFL draft that just happened and all these guys that are signing contracts to their new NFL teams, I think that's going to be one of the higher sought after products. Let's go into the uh, the new pricing because I just gathered uh, Leaf Trinity football and that had a lot of inscriptions, uh, patch cards, you know, relic cards. And that's that's a huge product that I, I couldn't believe. I think I was looking at some data, and there was about 3,500 uh, results in the past two and a half weeks. Wow. And that's huge for a Leaf product because Leaf, you know, you, you don't think Leaf as, as um, I mean, you can think of Leaf as a top-tier company, but, you know, 35,000, 4,000 results uh, or data, you would put that towards, you know, Tops or Panini. With Leaf, you know, they, they range from, you know, 1,000 to 2,500. So 3,500 results, that's, that's a big deal. And that means that that product is, at, you know, being successful. Sure. I think that's a huge hit, and they got something going for them. So I, I, I'll probably bring that up with when Brian Gray comes in on, you know, doing more inscriptions because Press Pass is doing that as well. Yeah, you know, um, that's something we talked about, I guess, maybe last time I was on here was, you know, uh, adding something new to the autographs. I mean, it's already everybody's doing autographs. How do you one up the game? And yeah. inscriptions are fun. You know, that stuff's cool. Yeah. And, you know, Panini and Tops. I think one of them has the quotable nicknames uh, set in one of their products. And, you know, it's really interesting to see what they do. But, you know, with Leaf Valiant, it, it looks it looks like a really clean product. They have some die cuts in there. 
uh, on target signatures. It looks like they're all on card signatures, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I'm really excited for that one and, and what that's going to look like. Let's uh, go to the new pricing. We have uh, Fleer Retro Basketball has been priced. Intrigue Basketball is going to be priced this week. Bowman Chrome Baseball has been priced, and that was priced last week. Uh, Sage Autographs Football was priced on the 24th. Tops Five Star Football was priced on the 13th. And Upper Deck Quantum was priced on the 20th. Seventh. Uh, so yeah, we. I mean, we're super busy. I don't know about you guys. Y'all are always busy, but <laughs> this just seems like the past couple weeks we've been, you know, balls to the wall. Excuse my French. Uh, just busy. It, it's been nuts with pricing products, gathering data for. I, we're doing a the graded book that's coming out here in the next couple weeks. So what what's going on in the grading world on on your side? Well, you know, I guess that might be looked at as a segue there, but yes, it's it's very busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no you know it's a good thing I, I never want to complain about being busy but yeah. uh I mean, we're, we're slammed. We actually uh, are still looking for, for more graders. We actually just hired a new grader. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, we announced that today. So, yeah. so that's cool. That, that's definitely awesome uh, to get started on training somebody new and, and uh, finding out, you know, what their hobby strengths and weaknesses are and, and, and go from there. But uh, it's kind of nice. The show calendar's kind of slowed down for now. And I know it seems kind of odd, but, uh, you know, June is kind of the – slowest month for shows for card shows for whatever reason it's been that way for a few years but i'm not going to complain yeah but uh you know <laughs> next big deal is a uh, pretty really national for us yeah but um, yeah I, i'm really excited for the national i'm starting to think uh getting that mindset of what i'm going to be doing as far as the radio show I, i'm definitely going to have you on there we're going to be close to the grading side. Um, so, you know, I guess we're going to be right by the huge machine that y'all have. That <laughs> yeah, that's usually where they <laughs> usually have a little room set up over there. And yeah. Yeah. If you haven't uh, if you haven't spent any time in the grading room at the National before, you're in for a, a, a real I would treat. say a treat, but more of a shock. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I'm, it's a crazy I, place to be. Yeah. I'm going to try and bring some headphones, you know, over over the ear headphones. Cause <laughs> I heard the noise is, is pretty intense. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'm just dead. But I, I guess you just kind of block it out after a while. But yeah, it, it's not that bad. It's, no. it's it's usually it's a loud place anyway. I mean, yeah, you know, it's the a show. convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited. I, I know you guys are are gonna go just intense work, you know, nonstop for that whole convention. So good luck to you guys. Lots we'll, of fun. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it when the time comes. Let's yep. talk about this new, uh, not new, but this interesting topic you came up with uh, today: eccentric behaviors in the industry. And I I didn't think I had any. <laughs> but when you started naming off some things that you did, I was like, oh, I, I do that. I didn't think that was, you know, weird or out of the ordinary. You know, I just thought it was normal, but <laughs> I guess not. So let, let's talk about this eccentric behavior. Yeah, you know, it got me thinking. I, I was having lunch with someone the other day, and they'd asked me about the name Collecting the Collector, yeah. uh, which I, I used for my book a few years back. And uh, you can just ask where it came from. And, and it, it came from collecting or observing some of the eccentric behaviors we as collectors have. Yeah. Uh, and we're a pretty funny bunch, really, when it, when, you, <laughs> when it comes down to it. And it's kind of hard to observe those from always being in the collecting realm my entire life, you know. So that kind of gave me a chance to step back and observe some things. And, and you know, as a lot of people know, cards and, and, and grading is my primary focus, but I do a lot in, in other 
walks of collecting life. Yeah. And so I get to see a lot of different types of collectors, different types of things. And, and you know, there are some really bizarre behaviors when it comes down to it, some of the weird <laughs> things that we do as, as collectors. And, and uh, you know, you talk to your non-collecting uh, relatives and friends and, and some things that you do, and they just say, hey, that's, that's really bizarre. I don't think that's normal. <laughs> well, yeah, it's normal, you know. But, you know... It, I guess it, it took years for me to really realize that um, people on the outside of, you know, either non-collectors or casual collectors, you know, the whole concept of grading yeah. is a really kind of a foreign concept to yeah. a lot of people. It's kind of hard for some people to understand. And, uh, you know, I can see that, you know, you're, you're taking something, you know, like a baseball card or even a little stranger, a comic book, and you're encapsulating it in plastic. And, you know, for a comic, you can't read it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I always hear. Well, well how do you read it? Well, <laughs> well, you don't. You know, you don't want to read it. It's a 9.4, you know. So, yeah, you know, there, there's some there's some strange things. But, you know, there, there's some other behaviors that uh, I guess I really didn't think about before and came up in our lunch conversation, but uh, you know, I was reminded of more than a, a few collectors who, uh, card collectors who really obsess over their holders. That's and not, interesting. Yeah, not just not just uh, graded holders, um, but you know, the top loaders. And, and you know, some guys get a, a, a card graded by whatever company. And, you know, they immediately put it into a, a sealed bag and to protect it, which, which is, you know, I mean, we, most of us do that. Yeah. But, you know, some people, they'll take them out. If it's got one little hairline scratch on the case, it gets mailed off and gets reholdered. Wow. You know, some guys are just obsessive about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, to each his own. But to, to some people, it's kind of an eccentric behavior, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen guys that, uh, you know, put a card in a, in a top loader with a, in a side of a penny sleeve and then sealed in a team bag. And then, yeah. you know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. I have had to have a chainsaw to get into this yeah. thing, you know. <laughs> Locked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So I, I think condition in general for collectors and non-collectors, that's all you hear about. Condition is everything, you yeah. know. Conditions, every the, that's what the value is based on. It's condition, condition. You know, yeah. got to wipe all the fingerprints off, and <laughs> yeah, you know. But I think that's one of the things that kind of drives non-collectors crazy too is it, it seems like, and this boggles my mind as a collector. You know, you watch like the Antiques Roadshow, and it seems like to the non-collector who finds something of value, their first inclination is, I've got to clean this. <laughs> if, yeah, if there's, if there's some dirt or rust on it, i got to get that out, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that rust off. Yeah, or, you know, this, this 1894 U.S. gold coin, I, <laughs> I need to take my Dremel tool to it yeah. and make it shiny again. It's like, <laughs> No! You know, where does this come from? You I, know? I mean, I, I remember you know, watching Antiques Roadshow and just looking at these people who are just, you know, wanting to just sell this stuff, you know, they they need the money, they don't know what the hell it is, and they're like, I'm going to do anything I can to get more money out of it. And they ruined some of these things. You know, some of these priceless pieces of of history, you know, Uh, it it can be, you know, plates from the Victorian age or, you know, just (laughs) the most random obscure things out there. And they're, you know, oh, let me put it in the dishwasher. No, <laughs> don't. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, one of my favorite stories is actually uh, from a friend of mine, Simeon Littman, who is a uh, Antiques Roadshow appraiser. Uh-huh. He told the story that uh, several years back uh, at one of the tapings, he was at the sports memorabilia table. And a young man and his wife showed up. And uh, they had a cigar box, you know, which is always a great sign when you show up at the sports table. Yeah. And so he opens the box, you know, and there's a... About a two-inch tall stack of uh, 1913 T200 cards, which are the Fatima team set cards, okay. or team cards, rather. Yeah. And uh, they're, uh, they're actual real photos on the front. So they're prone to crazing, which crazing is a, a, a crackling effect over the emulsion surface. Okay. Which happens on a lot of photos. 
So, you know, th- this, this uh, particular set has a uh, you know, real tendency for that. And he noticed that most of these were not crazed. They were, they were real smooth, real clean. And, uh, you know, there's crazing on maybe a dozen or so. So, you know, looking at it, he thought, you know, this looks like this set might have just been shipped over from the cigarette company, you know, the night before. You know, they show yeah. up, they're pristine condition. condition. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem was they all had one terrible flaw. Oh, no. Uh, all four corners had been neatly removed from each of the cards. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, so he said, you know, I, I told the, the, the hopeful couple, you know, that they, uh, they had a true treasure, but unfortunately, uh, the substantial value uh, loss here, you know, with the corners <laughs> being removed. God. He said as he told the information, he noticed the woman's face start to glow red and the man turning really pale. <laughs> so the woman looks at him and scolds him and says, I told you not to touch them. Of course, it's the man's fault. It's the man's fault. <laughs> so the man looked looked real blank, uh, you know, and he confessed. He said, my buddy told me the value of old cards depended all on the corners being in good condition. So last night I cut them all off. But here they are. They're in great shape. And with that, he produced a Ziploc bag full of the corners amputated oh, from the guard. So. God, man. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of my favorite uh, collecting stories because I can just see that <laughs> happening, you know. It's, that, that, that's got to be the worst feeling in the world, especially for the wife, you know, who, who just <laughs> sat there and was like, okay, whatever, you know, if, if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to bring the value up, cool, but you know, whatever, and just to be like, I mean, these would have been worth a fortune if you wouldn't have been an <laughs> idiot last night and cut them all off, you know, like, oh, I think she man. was just happy she got to tell him I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably better than getting the money, you yes. know, just, I told you so, now, you know, now I own you for a week, you know, yeah. you're in the doghouse. That's great, yeah, and, you know, we were talking about things like, you know, whenever I open a pack of cards, you know, I bought uh, two or three packs of World Cup Panini Prism, and, uh, you know, I was really hoping for an autograph, but unfortunately it didn't happen but you know when i was looking through those cards i i and i just came i just figured this out but every time i look at the cards i don't go through and look for the hits i look at the front and then i look at the back and then i read the description i do that on every single card (laughs) before i even be like oh sweet this is a hit let me look at the hit okay let me look at the other cards no i go through each card as it comes in the pack and just i just study it you know i just that's probably something weird you know <laughs> yeah you know that and that's another thing that i looked at too is is um what behaviors have i developed as the result uh, you know of collecting that that's outside of the collecting world yeah you know and uh, you know i go to the store whatever product it is i never take the one on the front uh, yeah. and it's a condition thing i think i really think that's where it comes from it's it has to do with condition and, and you know the one that really got me though is uh, uh here recently i was invited over to someone's house for a poker game and uh you know so i went and and had a good time, played some poker, and I don't know, about halfway through the first round, something was eating me alive. I couldn't take it any longer. And on this far wall, his it, his wife had three oil paintings on the, on the wall in their dining room where yeah. we were playing. One of them was off-centered. <laughs> so I couldn't take it any longer. It wasn't my house, but I had to get up and go and fix the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> Of course, everybody there knew why, you know, so the yeah. damn thing's off-centered. I mean, yeah. We can't play this game with this <laughs> painting yeah. off-centered. One of three on the wall, yeah. you know, and that, that's definitely a result of, you know, being in this business for so long. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I do the same thing with packs. Whenever I buy a pack, I'll never buy the front or the very back. It's always somewhere in the middle. <laughs> and then I'll, you know, sometimes I'll pick up two in the middle and then kind of do the eeny, meeny, money mo thing, uh, just complete randomness, you know. And it, it's just interesting to see because 
I feel like I, I am a little OCD. And I, I think, you know, with, with your recent, um, with what you said about the oil painting, you have a little bit of OCD <laughs> as well. And I, I think a lot of collectors out there are, in fact, OCD. I, I think there's something to do with collecting, you know, and, and being just a little bit over compulsive on, on some things, you know, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because it's not. You right, know? right. But I, I think we all share one common, uh, one common interesting trait. I guess about uh, each other. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's the thing too. I mean, I, I'm a lifelong collector. It, it, you know, these aren't bad things. I just think it's interesting to observe them. And, yeah. And you know, it's taken, you know, over 20 years to really be able to stand back and go, eh, maybe that is a little weird, you know? <laughs> now, you know, you, you do a lot of sketch cards, which are, are sweet. Whenever you post them on Twitter, <laughs> like the stuff uh, from Comic-Con that you, yeah. you drew up, you had the minion that was a zombie. I <laughs> yeah. thought that was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life. That that was great. But uh, let's talk about uh, Comic Con. That that was a couple weeks ago. A couple weekends. It ago? was yes, yeah, the Dallas Comic Con. Yeah, and that that's a pretty big deal around here. You know what? It's 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 interesting. Um, that's another thing I've I've been observing uh, the Comic Cons around the country. Yeah, and, and and yes, it is a big deal here in Dallas area, uh, the Metroplex, but. Seems like comic cons across the country are just really exploding. Yeah, uh, I just actually read this morning about um, I believe it's called Awesome Con. I could mm. be wrong on that in the D.C. area, and something about it started last year and they had seven thousand in attendance, and wow. this year they were shocked because they had forty thousand in attendance. Oh, jeez! And uh, and last year I actually did, uh, was at uh, Denver Comic Con in June, and that was their second ever that they had done and um it, it was just a madhouse i mean they had something like sixty thousand people wow. you know on friday they the fire marshal stopped uh, over six thousand people outside wouldn't <laughs> let them in and so this year they've capped this ticket sales at seventy five thousand. and wow. you know it's crazy that comic cons have really just exploded yeah and and you know uh, part of that it's not just comics themselves that market is is booming again yeah uh, it's not hurting, but it's it's not just that. It's more the entertainment side, exactly. The autograph guest, and and so yeah, the Dallas Comic Con was interesting. This is the first um, show under new ownership uh, and uh, in a new venue. Well, new to the show venue is actually an old venue, but which is huge. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at uh, the Comic Cons, if you've never been to a Comic Con, even if you're not a comic collector or you know, entertainment and whatnot, it's worth going to one just to people watch. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But you have guests like Alice Cooper was there and Stan Lee. Wow. And, you know, actors from Walking Dead. And you See, know. I mean, I think Comic-Con is, is, with the recent success in all these cities, it, it obviously helps when you have TV shows like The Walking Dead, uh, True Blood, you know, these these out there f- sci-fi fantasy uh you know, successful TV shows, you know, start to be so sought after from fans that they're, they're going to do anything they can to get their hands on, you know, a, a signed autograph card or, or a picture or something. Yeah, anything related to the show, not just the autographs from the actual actors, but, I mean, you know, I, I was actually set up next to a, a lady and her daughter who made jewelry. Wow. And it was all jewelry based on all these shows, you know, yeah. these uh, um, sci-fi shows and fantasy shows and whatnot. You know, to me, a card guy calling somebody nerdy is, is you know, <laughs> that's kind of bad. But no, I mean, you know, it, it amazed me, I guess, that, that I mean, she did a lot of business. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, like she had 
I don't remember something with Doctor Who, like a bag or something. And she's yeah. like sold out of them. You wow. know, and people go crazy for whatever show, whatever your show is. Yeah. You know, people really obsess over that show. So anything related to it. Yeah. You know, I want to as as far as cards go, are are cards in the Comic Cons and and kind of those shows are those highly sought after, or is it starting to get more into just autographs and the guests? Yeah, you know, th- this one was interesting because, I, you know, I specifically noticed that there were more comic book dealers than before. Okay. You know, one of my complaints a, a couple years back was that it seemed like it was almost getting to just be an entertainment flea market. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, co- the traditional comic book um, dealers and even some of the toy dealers were kind of drying up. But this show, uh, there was quite a few more. You know, there, there, there's some dealers that deal in non-sport cards, um, you know, entertainment cards, autographs, sketch cards, and then even the gaming cards like uh, uh, Magic cards uh-huh. and, uh, and, you know, even Pokemon, of course. Yeah. Um, so you do have the, you do have the dealers of that material and, and of course, comic book dealers and, um, and of course, toy dealers. So. Yes. Um, and then you have quite a bit of other stuff, uh, you know, everything from the most professional-looking lightsabers you've ever seen, you know, <laughs> to costumes and T-shirts yeah. and whatnot. But, but yeah, there are there there. There's definitely uh, uh, the the entertainment non-sport cards are definitely sought after. Yeah, and I'm surprised there's not more dealers of them. Yeah, the definitely. Show. And you know, with with Leaf, they're putting out a lot of non-sport stuff. You know, the the Betty Page collection is coming out here this week as well. And that's, you know, legendary pinup model, you know, pinup girl. Uh, you know, and back I, I think it was in the 50s if not if I'm not mistaken. But uh, you know, that would be something interesting to collect, you know, like, you know, a cut autograph of hers or a hair card or something, you know, because there's a lot of people w- with hair, you know, they, they love it. It fascinates them, you know. Yeah, that, that there are quite a few collectors of celebrity hair. Yeah, and, and that's, that's there's a fine line between <laughs> interesting and just creepy, you know. I, I, that's There's a fine line. But, you know, I'm not going to call anyone weird, you know, because like <laughs> I said, we all have our, our weird right. things. That's right. But, you know, I think it's interesting, and, and I think Leaf does a really good job with that, is to get the non-sport products right, you know, and the yeah. certain types of, of products that they put out. Uh, the ideas are, are, are great. You know, they just don't go wrong with it. Uh, yeah, but, definitely. I mean, and that's the cool thing about entertainment and non-sport realm is you know one of the companies uh brygent uh-huh. you know that in the past they put out some cool sets where it kind of you, you start blending things together where you've got autographs and you've got uh mem cards even and yeah. you combine them you know from old movies and um some of the uh americana stuff as well you know it's kind of a mix you know if you uh, i'm hoping that leaf can uh do more of this in the future and and you know spread out and get some cool things you know if you have a movie Maybe not even a movie, but you know, like Betty Page, if you had you know some mem cards and, like you said, some autographs and and yeah. you know some of the companies these sketch cards mixed in with that, it's a fun product. Yeah, definitely. The entertainment stuff's really fun. Yeah, definitely. So you know, that's that's something to just discuss about on a just a, a random basis. You know, the the weird things that you do when collecting. You know, and <laughs> I, it would be interesting to get your guys, the listeners out there. You know, little weird things that you you do that you finally noticed. If it's as simple as, you know, randomizing the packs in a box and putting them in a certain way or, 
you know, picking things out, you know, in a certain order. Let us know, you know, hit us up in the comments section. It would be it would be interesting to get a discussion going on, you know, what certain things people do. And, you know, that might pop some attention into other people be like, wait, I do that. You know, I didn't think that was weird. But now it's like, okay, you know, other people do it. So yeah, absolutely. I I think that'd be really cool. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Put it in the comments of things that you think might be uh, out of the ordinary or eccentric um, that uh, might not be normal compared to other people. And, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. You know, we'll do a little uh, friendly discussion. All right, next up we have a really exciting interview that I'm excited to get going here. Mr. Brian Gray is in Beckett offices, ready to go. Special interview. Mr. Gray, how are you today, sir? I'm uh, doing great. How about you guys? Man, I'm excited. I know Andy's excited. Absolutely. We got a bunch of questions for you. So let's start it off uh, right quick. Leaf and ITG partnering up. Can you give us some details about that? Yeah, here's what I can tell you is that you know, we, we went through a process. We, we did a deal with uh, Dr. Brian Price for Famous Fabrics and for the right to produce Sport Kings, which we saw as Famous Fabrics really is a lot of the same stuff Leaf was already doing. Yeah. But Sport Kings is one that I've always looked at and said, man, what's possible with that? Because they do a lot of things pretty well, actually. Mm. That's one of his more interesting lines of product. And I just looked at it, and I always thought there was something I could add to that. And I said, ah, too bad I don't have it. Yeah. Then it worked out where I could have it. So obviously I took it. Yeah. So <laughs> so once I got that, we started talking generally about the business, and we got to know each other really well. And I think he expressed this on his blog a few weeks ago. But I think the one thing that we came away from is we're both from the same we're both treated in the hobby the same way. We both come from kind of the same background. He was a licensee who got kind of mistreated or whatever. That's all a matter of, you know, history tells yeah. its own tale and you see it how you see it. But 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 whatever happened, he ended up in the same boat as me. Where we took the unlicensed route. When I won't say unlicensed, we took the player licensed route, which just I always like to specify this. When you look at let's say a company that makes baseball cards who does not have an MLB license. Mm-hmm but they have the players. That is essentially the same licensing we have. We license the players. They just do it in a group. We do them one at a time. Yeah. So just to clarify, so I'll say semi-licensed companies or player-licensed companies, we're in the same boat, and we're fighting a few different things. We're fighting the leagues in that they're trying to be a little heavy-handed, saying, you know, if you don't have a license, you shouldn't be in the card business, mm-hmm. which I think is short-sighted. We're fighting collectors a little bit because there are some collectors out there who have been brainwashed into the idea that if there's not a logo on the shirt, you know, the product sucks. Yeah. There are right. people who have that attitude. Yeah, and I think are, that's, yeah. again, if you look at 1953 tops, there's not logos on half of the cards in the product. Go look at those 50s top sets. I don't see any logos on two-thirds of the cards. Are they crap? Oh, no. There's 70s uh, tops football. There's a bunch of stuff with no logos. Let's just throw it all out. Unlicensed garbage. Even if it was licensed, doesn't matter. There's no logos on the shirt. Who cares? But do you think do you think it sells more when there are logos? Oh sure, logos are great. But you know what? If you're paying a very enormous price. Uh And again, the important thing is when we pay a high price, we're the steward of our customers' money. Of course. So when we pay a high price, trust me, it's not coming out of my pocket. It's coming out of my customers' pocket. Yeah. So again, not judging whether we should or shouldn't, we sometimes have to fight the customers to show them why there's value in what we do, even though we don't have the logos in many cases. And then we're fighting with our competitors, mm-hmm. who also do not believe we should be allowed to compete in the marketplace since we didn't decide to pay whatever it costs for a license or... The club wasn't open to us to pay whatever it is. Yeah. In some cases, I might pay for a license. No one's ever offered me one, so I guess I don't know. But with that being said, so in the game is in the same kind of category as we are in the market. I'm very good at getting off topic, you'll hear. Oh, no, you're good. But, but the fact is, we're in the same kind of place in the market. Mm-hmm. We're both fighting the good fight. I think we're both doing good things for collectors. We do it a little bit differently. The thing is, Brian Price is 20 years older than I am. And 
most good fighters know when it's time to hang up the. Now, Muhammad Ali didn't. He kept going and let Trevor Burbick whip him. And he's a, I'm a big fan of his. But, you know, some guys just don't know when to stop, you know. But Brian Price kind of knew that he's getting up there and that this is a fight for a younger guy. And so just from talking, we were like, wouldn't it be great if we could take my fight? Let me fight the good fight. Do what Leaf does best, which is design creative and innovative things with the limitations of licensing. Let us market and distribute it because we have a very strong core base. But utilize the skill set that ITG brings, which is a vast knowledge of hockey. Because the one thing I'll say, as much as there are things that I'm going to improve with the line, the one thing I'll say is they have real memorabilia. And I can't say that about every company. I'm telling you, the stuff that I acquired in this transaction is so staggering that I can assure you it's staggering. (laughs) You know, George Vezina pads. Yes. Hap Day's skates. Wow. Which will be part of Skateworks. You know, you saw Stickworks come out? I'm going to do Skateworks. Oh, that's cool. Which will be sick when you're cutting up the blade, you're cutting up the laces. (laughs) There's so many, the screws out of there, you know, put screws in the car. You can do so much cool stuff. But, But I think the idea was it's a fight that I'm better prepared to fight. I'm better equipped to fight it. But we can still utilize what they know, the traditions they've started, and not throw the baby out with the bathwater and leaf everything and turn all the in the game into leaf, but bring it up a little bit with the times. Yeah. Innovate with some of the designs. Look forward and say, you know, they've never numbered cards. They have gold edition and silver edition. Right. And that doesn't mean anything. You have to go look on the website to see if gold is numbered to 25, 70, Two, you don't know. <laughs> well, see, I think the collector, when he opens the pack, I'd love for him to know right away what he's got. Even though I could drive traffic to the website, I want him to see. I got a number to five Connor McDavid autograph. You know, I want him to know what he got. Even doing that is going to add value immediately. Yeah, no yeah. question on that. For no sure. question. Yeah. Paying whatever it takes to get the best names, which is something Leaf's been good at. We got Ichiro. And actually, we haven't announced it yet, but we just re-upped Ichiro. Other companies were trying to take him away from us. We just re-upped our deal last night with Itro, so we got him for another a little over a year. He's just ours. but So we're good at ponying up. Britney Spears, Harrison Ford, people that you'd never dream would do autograph cards. J-Lo, go down the line. Yeah. We're able to get these people, Al Pacino, get these people to do deals with us. We think we can do that in hockey, too. We think we can push the envelope and get guys that haven't been willing to do products. Mm-hmm. Bring back some of these fan favorites that are rare and that kind of thing. So we can do a lot of things with that. Leaf is going to pretty much run the operation with Dr. Price as a consultant because gotcha. that's what he does best. He knows hockey. So instead of getting bogged down in the, in the good fight, as I, we call it, between us, let me do the fighting. You can help do some creative. And let's see if we can do something. And then it just worked out great that there's only one licensee now. It's a multi-year exclusive, four or five years. That's great for us. This deal just got even better because now we are the alternative, not one of the alternatives. We are the only real alternative to what I think is a bad exclusive situation. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that's what this hobby needs is is, is some new ideas. And you know, I mean this with all due respect. I was talking to somebody the other day and we referred to you as the Willy Wonka of trading cards. <laughs> and I mean that in a good yeah. way because you bring some innovative ideas and that's what the hobby needs. And there are people that didn't like Willy Wonka. Some people thought he was an eccentric <laughs> goon, weasel, whatever, whatever they thought he was, some kind of loser. But you know, at the end of the day, when I go to bed at night, I look at products and I look at how people respond. And when kids send me emails saying, I want to be like you when I grow up, (laughs) first off, he probably doesn't. But if if he really did, then I think, you know, that makes me feel good. It tells you're doing something right. I had a kid come up to me in Chicago and put his arm, say, Can I take a picture with you, Mr. Gray? And I was like, Sure. So I took a picture. He called his mom over. His mom comes over. I feel like Chris Hansen's going to pop out (laughs) some minute because I shouldn't be taking a picture with an eight year old kid. So I take a picture with a kid. His mom says, You know, he's told me before about Leaf and 
talking about you guys and how he thinks you have the best job in the world. Then he pulled out his Michael Jordan number one Beckett and asked me to autograph it. Oh, wow. And I was like, I just <laughs> ruined a perfectly good Beckett. <laughs> you know, but but I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I made, I made a profound impact on that one little kid in a business that is, it's amazing you can impact anybody except for their wallets. And I made a profound impact on someone. Well, you put something out that he thought was fun. That I meant mean, something. Yeah. And so that's, I still have that passion. And I think in the games at a different point in the passion continuum. And so I hope my passion, my willingness to spend money, and some of the things that I can bring to the party, some of the Willy Wonka theatrics and yeah. fun, hopefully we can add value and, and keep the hockey category interesting in the face of an event that would make it very, it would make it less interesting for sure. Yeah, you know, it's one thing, you know, I, I respect so much of what you do just, just because you are a fighter because, you know, you have the guys like Panini, Tops, Upper Deck. You know, those are the guys that it seems like they just get everything. And not a lot of people talk about Leaf, but the actual fighters, you know, I feel like you guys are fighting companies trying to make great products and don't get the respect that you guys deserve. Well, you know? I appreciate you saying that. I mean, the first thing I would say is, you know, I've been very vocal as, an, as a critic of the other companies. Yeah. I'm not really being critical anymore. i got to focus on what Leaf does and do a good job. Yeah. I think the other companies do some very good things. Mm -hmm. They do some things that I look and I'm saying, you know, if I was the, I like to call myself the CHO, I'm like the chief hobby officer. <laughs> if they gave me that title at any of these companies, I think I could make a profound impact on not only their company, but how collectors view it. But, but I think it's not my job to critique them or tell them what they're doing right or wrong. What I will say is I think there's, the tiers are a little different than they used to be. Take out hockey for a second, where Upper Deck is obviously the king. It's Panini and Tops. Then Upper Deck, then Leaf, and then the others. Yeah. So the good news is we've we've differentiated ourselves in that tier of player licensed. I think if we differentiated ourselves from those other companies, not to put them down because again they're small operations that keep chugging. Yeah. But I think Upper Deck has also differentiated itself differently from yeah. Panini and Tops. Bigger is not better. And you know you can say well you think they get everything. Well, guess what? They paid for everything they have, and that price ultimately will either be an incredible bargain or will be a very serious albatross to their customers someday. And we won't know. History will tell the tale. We don't yeah. know yet. When they, Look 20 years from now. Fleer's not here. There's a lot of companies that aren't around anymore. ProSet, I work for Luddenny. ProSet ain't yeah. here anymore. Donner's. You know, yeah, Ann Donner's. sold the company to Panini. Yeah. You know, a lot of things happen. Sure. So Bigger's not necessarily better. But bigger is fun sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, well, let me ask this: uh, since you said you don't critique the other companies anymore, let's critique the other company. <laughs> Go for <laughs> it's it. It's always fun. <laughs> in, in, in general sense, though, what, what I mean is, um, you know, not picking on any company in particular, but as an industry as a whole, what's one thing that the other manufacturers, in your mind, they're absolutely doing wrong that you are either already doing right or will do right? Okay, well, I can tell you this. There are some things that I think generally would be good, responsible things to do for the customers of our industry. Some of them I do a great job. Some of them I need to improve on. Some of them I do a lousy job. I think some of the easy ones, do responsible deals. And there's two tiers here. Number one is the licensing. I would encourage the companies with licenses to spend their money wisely. If a deal's bad, don't do it because you're taking the customer's money and you're not spending it wisely. This goes to athletes. There are players that charge X price to us companies for their autograph. And I look on eBay and the autograph sells for 20% of what we pay them. I know one player, we pay $75 an autograph, and the last one closed on eBay for $22.75. And I looked and I said, man, why did I put him in the set? Because what I did is I just sucked 50 bucks out of my customer's pocket and chunked it. That wasn't very wise. And, and so you'll see some guys, without calling out too many players, but like Eddie Murray's an example of a guy. We paid him 65 bucks an autograph, he sells for 25 or 30 That doesn't work anymore for us. Yeah. We'd rather not include a guy that's not value driven. And unfortunately, most companies have found that rookies are about the only way to really deliver value because they're cheaper. But even then, I mean, it's not like 
the top rookies are cheap. They're expensive right. still. But but we, we have to be responsible. Licensing deals, we have to be responsible. We have to be responsible with players. Not pay more for autographs than they're worth. We have to buy real memorabilia. There have been questions over the years in this hobby about if some stuff's real, it's not real, without getting into all the crap. Just we got to be careful. We just got to, we have to look at the facts. Don't, a jersey's not real because we will it to be or because we want it to be or because the price was fantastic. It's real because it is. That's right. It's going to have provenance. And if you can't find a real Honus Wagner jersey, just don't make a Honus Wagner memorabilia card. (laughs) Or make a manufactured patch like Upper Deck and it won't sell for as much, but it'll be pretty. You know, make your manufactured patch look vintage. That would be kind of cool. Manufactured patches are all like big, bright, stark colors. Wouldn't it be great if the manufactured patch actually felt vintage? (laughs) Like they use. Like, like they yeah. used flannel to right. make a nice flannel <laughs> manufactured patch. Yeah. But, I mean, even then, I think so, – so we have to be responsible on all those fronts. And I think we have not done as an industry a perfect job of that. But more and more I see companies weeding out certain guys. There are guys you look. They don't have autograph cards anymore because no one's going to pay the price. you know. So that they're starting to make headway. It's a ways away. The redemption problem is a problem. Absolutely. You know, I went to McDonald's the other day, and I said I'd like a drink and a fries and a burger. And they said, come back in four to six weeks for your fries, but it's probably going to be a year. <laughs> are you welcome to come back in four to six weeks? Check our website, see if your fries are ready. <laughs> and you might not get fries. And I thought yeah, to, you might not. But I thought to myself, I said, what a, what a bunch of hogwash. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you went to a restaurant and they, t- and they charged you for it before you knew you were getting fries and then you weren't getting the fries, you would be very irate. And this is what we do in this industry. Now, there are problems we can't avoid. But what we can do is have a very strict policy that gives us a very tight window. That if we have to redemption, and we've had to redemption in football a little bit, because these players are whirlwind tour all over the place. Sure, yeah, of course. And, you know, for whatever reason, some guys, we just can't get cards back fast enough. But in Trinity Football, which was one of our best releases this year, and it's yeah. become like one of the staple brands, you know, we had three guys that were redemptions. All three guys were in before the product released. All wow. three guys came in in that week between when we shipped and when it arrived at consumers' door at the retailers' doors. Yeah. That's how a redemption should be done. Now, in the event it can't, then you know, four to six weeks after six weeks, it's over. We tell the player to suck it. Goodbye. Your stuff's gone. We're not taking your cards anymore, and we make it up to the customer the best way we can. But that's part of the problem is when these things go on for years. I mean, I, it took me over two and a half years to get. I had a Randy Moss Upper Deck Redemption for a jersey signed by Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years later, they sent me a Brad Favre, hmm. which was a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, you could have done that two years ago. Yeah, exactly. But it just sat there, and it's just. And then redemptions that expire. Come on, Leaf. We used to have redemptions that expired like five years. Mm-hmm. Now it's no expiration. Because honestly, when you guys bought the product, you paid for those autographs. If they expire, your money didn't expire. Now maybe the food I bought with it did, but your money didn't expire. How can we expire? So so many things like that we've got to work on, and it's just it's the right thing to do for customers. Now how we get there, it's not easy because athletes expect you to take the autographs even if they're two months late delivering them. <laughs> so what do we do with that? Now Panini's trying something. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. I hope it works. I think it's bold that they're going to try to do something. Whatever their motives are behind it, I think they're probably in the right place. We hope these kind of things work. But as an industry, we just have to use some common sense. Yeah. And in different places, we're better than others. The patches that get faked patch database on the website. It's easier for me to say because I only have 500 patches in my product, but for tops, if they have thousands of patches, what's that, it cost them to have someone scan it? About. Yeah. It's a real problem. Yeah. But the patches we've done on the internet, there's no fake patches in any of those cards. There's none. Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, Pippen, the Ichiro, which had crazy patches, not one fake patch. And I don't know if Becky Grading's ever seen it, but I haven't seen a fake patch ever. There's a database with every single card pictured. Yeah. Well, and it definitely there's makes no it cheating. a lot harder when you have an easily accessible database of each patch 
it's hard to dispute. There's no cheating. And so, yeah. and so the bottom line is we just have to be responsible on all these fronts. And I could go on all day pointing out, you know, why do three companies all schedule a football product the same week? There's only 20 in a year. There's like 40 weeks. But we put four in one, or, or Tops releases three baseball items at the same time. Yeah. And then they won't have one for two months. Could you not have held it one week yeah. and put one out each week for three weeks instead of shoving three right up people's backsides at the same time? It's not that hard. But it's just sometimes we lose sight of common sense and we're only looking at we want to get the dollars in. Hungry, hungry, hippo, need money. We got to get the dollars in. We don't care if the customer can deal with it. They'll, they'll deal with it. We make the stuff they have to buy. They forget <laughs> you don't have to buy anything. You can go play MLB 2014. You don't need my cards. You need McDonald's or something to eat. Yeah. You don't need cards. <laughs> so we have to keep that in perspective and try to have that attitude of we're here to serve you, not the other way around. And unfortunately, this hobby really shifted to the other way around. Where you were lucky we would sell to you. And we're trying not to have that attitude because it's just plain wrong. Yeah, now, you know, you, you brought up Leaf Trinity, and I, I just gathered the information. I've been looking at the data, and it, it's a it's a hit. I mean, it, it's Huge. it's crazy. And and I, when it came out, I was like, this is going to be a hit because the cards look great. The inscriptions were awesome. You know, the patches were great. I think that's, you know, that's a product that if I had money to go buy, I would totally buy it in a heartbeat. You know, with the inscriptions, and we talked about inscriptions a lot on here, that seems like that's becoming... Uh, something that people are wanting more of. Well, in, in football, it make, it's better than in baseball. Like our Trinity baseball, the inscriptions don't sell for that much because really, how interesting is it when a guy played for the Jacksonville Sharks, you know, yeah. single A team in summer league and he puts go Sharks. No yeah. one gives a crap about <laughs> yeah. that. So honestly, in baseball, we may lose the inscriptions and bring another third element in. But what I will tell you is this, the whole point behind this is these are draft products. Mm -hmm. And when you said earlier, Press Pass, Sage, what, that, those are draft companies. Mm -hmm. If you can look at Trinity and tell me that any other company has made a draft pick set that looked like that, I'll quit the industry. No one has done it. And what we're trying to show is that, again, no one has called me and said, why doesn't Manziel have an A&M on his helmet? First off, we're getting smarter the way we're using pictures where he's facing the camera instead exactly. of showing the side. Yep. But, I mean, no one said that. You know what every person said? My patch was sick. <laughs> that patch was outrageous. Yeah. Now you have a few critics that say, well, it's player worn. He didn't wear it in a game. Mm -hmm. But guess what? There are no game-used jerseys for 99% of these players. Right. And if someone said they had them, they're, all, they're probably fake, like the rest of the stuff that's been out there for the last 10 years. You know, this is real stuff. You know, player worn, it is what it is. We tell people what it is. We don't hide behind the stuff on the back that says <laughs> this is a real piece of fabric. One company does that. Yes. They'll say, on the front of this card is a piece of memorabilia. Well, great. What does that mean? <laughs> you know? You know, but but I think I think that's the thing is we took something that was really simple draft that was getting kind of stale from these other companies. We brought metal, we brought valiant, we brought these things, and just showing that there's an upscale way to do this that customers will embrace. And that's the idea. It's in hockey now, can we make an upscale, unlicensed or player licensed product? I believe we can. I believe we can make something much nicer. How would Trinity Hockey do? I'm just nice. telling you, there's potential. Yeah. And we're going to find out what that potential is. We're opening the door by making quality stuff like this. And it's outperformed any product so far this year in football. And honestly, most stuff from the licensed manufacturers will not perform as well in the market as Trinity did. I want to digress just for a second with that. You mentioned being a draft product and like Trinity Hockey. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. In the game, they have the CHL license? CHL license. Okay. And CHL is the license you want to have for that. Right, right. It, all the great young players. There. Crosby, Ovechkin. I mean, you can go down the line, Malkin. All these guys played there. So it's all the best young guys. Right, right. It's not like, you know, if you didn't. If you had a, a it's not baseball, single A ball. It's not single A. It's, <laughs> yeah. This is the elite guys. Right. Yeah. Connor McDavid, who a lot of people think is the next Sidney Crosby or right. the next Mario, the next Gretzky, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> who knows if there'll ever be a next anybody? But this is the guy people are banking on. His first cards are in the game. If you want a Connor McDavid card at all, that's what you're buying. If you want an autograph, that's the only thing you're buying. There's real opportunity there. 
They didn't really make any higher-end Connor McDavid cards. They were pretty standard, right. paper, simple. That's something that could change. And so now you may have an investable or highly collectible hockey prospect card, which you've never had. No, that, You've that only had good. them when they've gone pro. So it's kind of interesting. It gives people a way to collect earlier, invest earlier, speculate earlier, whatever they do. You know? Sure. Now, now there's there's some new products that are coming out, like the, the Cal Ripken Iron Man product, and there might be the baseballs, signed baseballs that are retail only. Now, what, what kind of new products that you're excited about that are coming out in the near future yeah i mean for me honestly i mean the hockey i have to be honest is, is yeah. something i'm just i'm giddy about especially yeah. with panini no longer being licensed there they did a good job it just wasn't in the cards for them mm-hmm. to continue with nhl whatever happened you know I hate to see them go because i think they were doing a good job uh at giving a comp competitive type product but with that being said i think there's so much but that's like the untapped market and i think we have an opportunity to take in the game up dramatically improving card designs a lot of the memorabilia cards are so thin that the card almost breaks in half because the patch is too thick. Mm. You know, we've got to thicken those up a little bit. There's never been an inscription in the game hockey card. You don't see monster cuts in there. When was the last time you saw Tim Horton cuts and all these guys in there? There's no reason why these things aren't out there. Terry Sawchuck cuts and all these great cuts, King Clancy's. And, you know, and for me, that's the thing is I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think that's the category we have the best chance of grabbing people by the throat and shaking them. But with that being said, football draft this year has got me excited generally because now I see the potential. I have every confidence this year's baseball draft products will be phenomenal. You know, it's going to be metal, valiant, trinity. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. No, uh, no memories the way you remember it. Mm-hmm. It'll be different. You know, it'll be tons of buyback autographs, which people love, but it's going to focus not on rookies. Again, we're taking the rookies back out of it because that did not go over so well. Same way in football. Originals football did not go over as well as metal or Trinity because it's paper. And even though I think it has kind of a cool 48-leaf feel, you know, where that's a lost era. Well, you know, we we had a lot of uh, on the hot list for football. Johnny Manziel was selling well for the 48 and then the alternate art cards, you know. I, I thought it was a cool... Idea. I'm partial to the retro vintage sets. It worked in wrestling, and that's why we did it. It worked <laughs> in wrestling. People love that vintage. Yeah, yeah that's and, a good look. And honestly, the reason we did it in wrestling is because we can't license pictures of WWE guys of them in the ring. Oh, wow. So artwork's the only way we can really do it well. So that's why we said we'll try it. Yeah. And we did that screen-type art, which I think had a 48 feel to it. You know what? I've got a set in my collection of autographs. That's I guess that's all that matters. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Customers do or don't like it. If they don't like it enough, we won't make it again, which apparently we're not making it again. So I guess we don't like it. As, they didn't like it as much as we wanted them to like it. Yeah. But I think that's a big category. You mentioned Cal Ripken. When you're going to buy a box, you're going to get two Cal Ripken autographs in every box. And I think most websites, if you buy it like on an internet website, they're like 90 something dollars. Yeah. Or retailers will probably be at $100, $110. And you think about it, the card companies pay $65 an autograph for Cal Ripken. So oh. you're going to get two in a box. For just slightly over what they pay for one for their products, yeah, yeah. and for the public, you go to a show. The cheapest you can ever get him is eighty. Oh yeah, no, that's a, person, it's an exceptional you know. value. Yeah, no, 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 it's an exceptional question. value. You're getting two Ripken autographs. One's going to be a um, a slabbed authentic autograph buyback card, and there's hundreds of eighty-two tops, eighty-two tops traded, eighty-two Donruss, eighty-two Fleer in there, and then there's all kinds of weird stuff. Ninety-four SP Hollowview die cuts. You know, weird <laughs> stuff. I bought weird like popular inserts, hot gloves from ninety-four Flair. I've always loved that card. Because that Any, was like uh, in the glory. Of, 93 refractors in there? Uh, I think we did buy one 93 refractor, that's which is bad. It was kick butt. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but I mean, I bought like other year refractors just because who's ever going to see a 96 finest refractor Ripken autograph? No one's going to have that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we bought some memorabilia cards to get signed. We bought we bought all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I bought punches at $84 just because that's like of the plain Jane stuff. That's like one of the coolest of the yeah. plain Jane. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we bought all kinds of crap like that. And it's just, it's interesting. That plus the, uh, the Leaf original content Ripken autograph, I think it's just a good value proposition. Are those Ripken cards going to sell for thousands of dollars? No. This product is not about investing. It's about 
I love Cal Ripken. I've always wanted a Ripken autograph, and now I'm getting two for the price of one. No brainer. The same way yep. our Pete Rose products and things in the past have put so many autographs. And the negative is the autograph prices have come down some on them, but that's okay. Yeah. People can buy a Rose autograph now cheaper than ever, and that's the goal is to put things in collectors' hands at extreme value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, me as just as a collector, I thought it was cool I could buy a Pete Rose autograph for less than 20 bucks. That's huge. You know, it, it, yeah. it was cool. I've got one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, the National is coming up in August. Big deal. I'm, I'm going to be there with the radio show, so hopefully I can get you on. Oh, for sure. If, if you're not busy. Uh, what can we expect from Leaf at the National? Uh, we have the biggest booth in the history of the National. Uh, from a size wait. standpoint, it always seems <laughs> to get bigger. It keeps blowing up. But I will tell you, this year, it's epic size. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. It's actually ridiculous. I'm not even sure how I'm going to use it all. But <laughs> what I can tell you is we'll have, a, we'll have a redemption program like last year with Leaf Bucks. We haven't finalized all the details. But what I've always loved is when I was, um, when I was a kid, they had SNH green stamps. And you know when you, you earned them when you shopped there or whatever, and you could spend them on anything in the catalog. And the way I see it, I like customized redemption experiences. Um, I think there's some cool redemptions this year. Like I'm sure Panini will do a big party. You know they have Manziel exclusive for memorabilia. Who knows? Will they bring him to a party? Who knows? They might. They have yeah. Kyrie. They may have a big party. I saw Upper Deck announce they're doing a 25th anniversary party, and they claim that one of their big people are coming. It'll probably be Griffey. But yeah. could you imagine if it was LeBron at the party? That'd be, that'd <laughs> so, be nuts. so so we're not going to try to compete on a redemption program where you have to spend five to ten thousand dollars to go. Our program will be much more focused on collectors who want to just buy a few boxes and open them. They get customized rewards. Basically, they'll get Leaf Bucks and go spend them in the Leaf Bucks tour. There'll be hundreds of items they can choose from. So it can be customized. Maybe they want autograph printing plate. Maybe they want signed memorabilia that we have available. Maybe they want, you know, Leaf autograph bonus packs that are exclusive to the National. You know, so we'll do something like that because it gives them a customizable way to make it fun how you get your redemption items. And it's not just a cookie cutter little silver pack. You open it, you get five cards every so often, you get lucky, you get a, you know, you know, crack number to 50, spokesman autograph of upper deck, whatever the heck it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not driven by that. It's more about, hey, you know what? I've always wanted a Pete Rose. Sorry, I bet on baseball, baseball. Yeah. If I open 18 boxes, I can get that. Or Damian Lillard's Leaf exclusive. He killed this year. I'd love to have a jersey of him. Or I'd love to have a printing plate of Taylor Lewan, you know, Lewan because I'm a Michigan guy. Let's see, they have an autographed printing plate there. I only have to open one box to get it. You know, So something for everybody. Yeah, and so we're going to focus more on that type of redemption program. But as much as anything, we're going to have a massive amount of stuff there. We're going to have thousands of SKUs and memorabilia available at the event that are like bargain deals. Once they're gone, they're gone. Only available at the event. You know, we take huge amounts of cash to buy for our buyback products. So obviously that'll be a lot of our focus there is buying. You know, I usually have a line of people there to sell me stuff and I can spend unlimited amounts of money. So that's fun. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just it, it should be a fun show. I mean, Cleveland's not the strongest town for the national. Obviously, it's not a great place to visit, per se. It's yeah. basically <laughs> it's like an upscale Detroit. But but yeah. the good thing, the good thing is, it's not you know, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it's not Detroit. No, no the, good thing, the good thing is the show will be OK. The hobby's yeah. not in the worst shape it's been in. You know, we do have the football draft class. Mm-hmm. Which is somewhat exciting, you know. It's not horrible. We got a Brayu in baseball, even though he got hurt. There's still some excitement yeah. around yeah. him. You have some things happening that are that are conducive to good things in the hobby. You have a Jabari Parker and Wiggins coming out, which I'm sure Panini will sign exclusive. You know, you've got things happening that are worth looking at. It could be okay. We're gonna focus on just interacting with a collector, and if we do a good job of interacting with the collector, coming away from there with feedback, and with collectors knowing that we actually care about them, I think that's that's really the focus of our national. 
yeah. deliver some great values, give people some rewards for breaking our products, interacting with them, buying for our buyback products. All those things together are going to have us come away a better company than we went. In my opinion, the National should be in Chicago every year. It should be like San Diego Comic Con. It should be in Chicago. There's a lot of other events in Chicago, too, for sports cards, which muddies the water a little bit. Yeah. But the National really needs that identity, mm-hmm. and I, that's what I would love to see is it pick a city and say, our home is Chicago. Every year when I go to Comic Con, all my buddies are like, hey, I'll see you in San Diego. Why can't that same identity be there for the card, right. you know, for the card side of things, and say, "See in Chicago," and you know what they mean? It's the show, yeah. Not Atlantic is in, City is in probably <laughs> the <laughs> best sports. It's one of the best sports towns. Great food, but it's just so hobby friendly. Again, close to the airport, easy to travel to. Central, plenty to of hotels in the country. Right plenty there. of hotels, no problem. And that's what I mean. That that to me is the, the direction we should go. And then what you're saying about the national, how excited you are. Yeah. Trust me, if the Chicago were, if that national were in Chicago, everybody would be a lot more excited because I think the excitement of the event would be more than it is in, let's say, Cleveland. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I mean, this is my 16th national, I think it is, and yeah, if it was Chicago every year, I'd, I'd. I think that's a good thing. Totally great. (laughs) So I got one last question. We're running out of time here. With money not being an object. What would be your favorite dream project to produce? Yeah, I mean, I would say here's here's the thing. And again, I came into collecting before this era of craziness. I mean, I worked for ProSet and I worked for Ludd back in 1990. Uh, and I can tell you that that was still a set-driven era. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not, I'm not believing for even a second that people are going to start building sets all of a sudden. But I do believe that you know, Topps Total. If you I don't know if you know that product, Topps Total oh, yeah. Baseball. Yeah. It's a 900 card set, 30 guys from each of 30 teams. I would basically like to make the BaseballReference.com. Ken Burns would be jealous baseball <laughs> set, and I'm talking about <laughs> every player represented who ever played in the major leagues. That would be crazy. like my vice president of my company, Scott Jordan. Mm-hmm. He was an 89 Donruss. He had a card. He played for the Indians. He had nine at bats, got one hit. That pitcher's got to feel like crap. That's the only guy he can hit <laughs> off of. But no, but I mean, but I mean, he's. You know, that's pretty cool. I think it was Jerry Royce or someone. But, oh, wow. but I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could collect literally everybody? So yeah. many guys are unsung. They're in for a few games out. I don't know if Frank Catalanato has cards. He might. He was around a long time. Yeah. yeah. I, still, I don't know if he even – do he have cards? I, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, I think he did a little bit. But uh, maybe one? Yeah. Maybe, maybe two? Maybe, yeah. Trust me. <laughs> you go to Beckett.com, Marketplace, yeah. you're not going to find yeah, thousands no, of listings no. for Catalanato. <laughs> but my point is, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you really had the exhaustive encyclopedia of baseball? That'd in the great. form of a card. Oh, no question. Too labor-intensive. Tops total is a money loser because it takes too much time and energy to print to do all the stuff that's in the background for base cards. People are going to leave on the counter anyway because we're in this autograph, game-used world. But to me, I think something exhaustive like that that really was really like what I argue legally is the encyclopedia. Of the, you know, I always argue that trading cards are like, like newspapers. They're yeah. like encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what's a beautiful thought. It's an encyclopedia we truly are building on every year. Instead of just tweaking for commercial purposes so we can sell more autographs and game used, it would be great if cards really were an encyclopedia that was an epic build forever. And I think Sport Kings from In the Game is the beginning of something like that. None of the guys are repeated in the base sets. It really is a chronicle of sports, and it keeps adding 48 guys a year to where 20 years from now you're going to have a 1,000 of the greatest athletes ever chronicled on beautifully artistic cards with great real bios about who the guy was. All in one place, easier than Wikipedia. You don't have to keep typing in names. You can just look in your binder and have just a reminder of some of the great people that came through the games. And I think that's huge. Oh, yeah. that, that is awesome, especially for a guy like me. I love that. You know, <laughs> in, the, in the 80s, I know Dodgers, I think it's Target stores and Dodgers put out a set of every person ever played for the Dodgers organization. And it's like a thousand cards, you know. And this guys that no one will ever hear of or know who they are, and they have a card, you know. Oh, yeah. If you did that for everybody ever played in the majors, that's 
That, that's epic. Yeah. But I mean, I know yeah. a guy that collects Houston Astros and Colt 45s and those things. He would die if there was a way to collect all the losers that have been through that system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's there's some plan for that system currently. <laughs> like a lot of them. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean, this guy would die if he could collect some guy that played three games for the 85 Astros. Sure. Yeah. It, it's a completest dream, but it is just that. It's just a dream. It's never going to happen. The way things are structured, it can't happen. But, you know, you see in Topps archives, you know, they throw out some names of people. I mean, you're not happy when you get him as your autograph, but you get you get some guy that played a few games that yeah. was around. And you're like, oh, I remember him, and you're like, oh crap, it's two dollars on eBay. <laughs> but but you, they they do a good job of throwing you some names like that. I think yeah. the, the hometown heroes, unsung heroes, names from the past. There's something there, and yeah. we can explore that without my dream set. But I think it's a, a great question. Mm. It's a great question. I think collectors should always be spinning. What would I love to see? And then communicate those things to the manufacturers because while we may not be able to execute these dreams because that's why they're dreams, there may be elements of that. That we can bring to the table and give you some microcosm of that experience that you're longing for. And if we do that, trust me, you're going to be glad you communicate to us. And, and, and we'll be glad we did it because you'll be happy. Exactly. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And, Good and question, I, though. And I'll say uh, Brian is a pretty accessible guy. I mean, I know you're on Twitter. And, oh, I, I'm everywhere. And then at the National, I stand around like, a, you know, you don't see the owners of the other companies standing around. But I literally stand outside and I'll walk up to tables when I see people opening leaf stuff. I'll do this in Houston this weekend. People don't even know it. I'll be standing by Marty's table. Someone will be opening Leaf, and they won't know who I am. And I'll walk up and say, what do you think of that? And I pray they're not going to say, this stuff is crap. <laughs> but, but most of the time, they said, you know what? Leaf really makes pretty cards. Or they'll say, I feel like I just get so much more value in here because I'm getting five autographs compared to one autograph, and I'm not getting some linemen. I'm getting all skill position guys. And I'll say, what could they do better? And then they'll tell me, and I'll say, okay, well, I appreciate that. I'll reach in my bag, give them a little gift. And I'll say, hey, thanks for telling me. You know, I own Leaf. I really appreciate the feedback. And if there's ever anything you need, you email me directly, and I'll answer you. And you can't believe the goodwill you get from being accessible. It's not even just the goodwill. I'm rewarded because I get to interact with people who frankly, you're in the same boat I've always been. I'm a collector. I want to interact. I don't have to interact with them. I want. To, I should want. To, I should have to, but I want to interact with them, and that's huge. Well, whenever you want to come on this show, Mr. Great, you have a spot. You just call me, so. especially when there's controversy. Like, if you have some some <laughs> boiling question where no, one's, no one wants to talk. Well, I, I <laughs> like when it. they had this fake jersey thing that came through years yeah. ago where there was like these guys were indicted for doctoring jerseys and stuff. Yeah. No company would go on the record. I went on the record with the New York Times mm -hmm. and just said it's purity greed. Yeah. It's got to stop. We have never cut up a jersey that we had any reason to believe wasn't good. We never bought from those people once because, again, it's stories. Mm -hmm. I'd like a little more meat. I'd rather get my jersey from Patrick Ewing directly or from Ichiro directly, which all our Ichiro stuff pretty much comes from Ichiro. So I feel pretty good that Ichiro's going <laughs> to give me good stuff. Yeah. If he doesn't, then we're all screwed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, whenever there's something good and controversial, you guys call me and I'll Definitely. come give you the, uh, the old Brian shot at him. Yeah, awesome. Well, Sounds we appreciate good. it, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Anytime. So, wow, that's that's all I can say. But that was one of my most favorite interviews, and, I mean, we've had a plethora of guests on here. No offense to any of the guys. Tracy Hackler, I love you, man. But Brian Grace, you know, he tells it like it is, and, and that's that's what we need in this industry is someone that's honest, blunt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we had him on here, and we're going to have him on again. And, yeah, I'm, I think this was a great show. What do you think? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, of course, it's always a good show when I'm on. Yeah, of course. I mean, right? Of right? course. Oh, okay. Uh, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out, Beckett Radio. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at Beckett Radio. We want to do this tweet of the day segment uh, more often. 
Uh, but we just don't get any questions from you guys. Uh, so definitely hit us up at Beckett Radio on Twitter or shoot us an email at radio at Beckett.com. If you have any questions for the website, hit me up, you know, radio at Beckett.com. I'll, I'll be sure to answer them. I've been on the forums a lot more recently talking to people who are either upset about products, you know, mistakes that have happened. I'm trying to help you guys out. So if you see me on there deficking, you know, just give me a quick shout out or whatever. So Yeah, and, and um, as far as grading questions or anything uh, hobby related, I'm on Twitter uh, a lot, as a lot of you guys already know. It's Broom, at Broom with a view. You know, I, I show fakes and all kinds of fun stuff on there, but I get a lot of grading questions. So yeah. if you guys got grading questions and, and general hobby questions, hit, hit them up. Cool. Well. Yeah, thanks thanks to everyone out there for checking us out. Landing page for the radio show will be coming up soon. I, I saw the latest mock-up. It looks great. It's definitely not the forums, so that's awesome. Uh, but thanks to everyone who's been sticking out with us, you know, with, with uh, iTunes podcasting, you know, the forums. It, it's It's been a tough road, but we're slowly but surely getting there to becoming a legit radio show. Uh, so we appreciate it, everyone out there. Like I said, I'm Derek Ficken. I'm Andy Broom. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one.